0: This is DMOU, Destination Marketing Organization University, the DMO Sectors Podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Geist. DMOU is where you hear the best and the brightest in the destination marketing space, sharing innovative and compelling stories to inspire you to take your destination and your organization to the next level. The format for our conversations on DMOU is elegantly simple. It's three questions and a bonus round. And today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Destinations International. And registration for this year's annual convention is now open. Join us in Toronto for an amazing week of learning, networking, and camaraderie. July 19th to 21st, go to destinationsinternational.org to learn more and reserve your spot. And now on to today's show with a passion for all things Cleveland, David Gilbert joined Destination Cleveland in 2011. David's focus includes identifying new ways for the organization to contribute to the economic growth of the industry and the region through its visitor attraction and destination management efforts. He also works collaboratively with civic and public partners to design innovative initiatives that advance the region. Earlier in his career, David helped plan and market Cleveland's lakefront district as executive director of North Coast Harbor Inc. He also dedicates his time to several organizations as a board member including the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Huntington Convention Center of Cleveland, and the U.S. Travel and Tourism Advisory Board of the Department of Commerce. During his career, he has been recognized as one of Cleveland's 30 influencers of the past 30 years by Crane's Cleveland Business, Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year, and the 2016 SME Cleveland Business Executive of the Year Award. David holds a bachelor's degree in marketing from The Ohio State University and an MBA from Cleveland State University. When not busy enjoying Cleveland's metro parks on his bike, David travels, he trains for marathons, and he hangs out with his family. David Gilbert, welcome to DMOU. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a real honor to have you on. Uh, We have watched you uh, over the past decade really redesign what I think destination marketing and management means in a very understated, very quiet way. But we certainly see it, and that's why we wanted to have you on the show. But before we dive into your three questions and your bonus round, Cleveland, like many convention-centric cities, really suffered over the past couple of years. How's the comeback evolving in one of my favorite cities on the planet?
1: Well, I'm thrilled Cleveland's one of your favorite cities, first of all. And I think we're coming out of this in a very strong way. I think we are going to be a stronger organization in terms of our DMO and a stronger city on the back end of COVID. I think we've been helped by hosting a couple of major events in the NFL draft and the NBA all-star game over the past 12 months. And I think that's helped jumpstart a little bit of our comeback and get the community talking about travel and tourism again, and it's, it's critical importance. But I, I think that in so many ways, and we felt this all along, that the thing about COVID is and has been very level setting event. It wasn't just a Cleveland issue or uh, any other city issue. It was across the country, across the world. And so the fact that we all saw our business suffer greatly meant that how you prepare to come out of it is going to be what's most important. Um, And so we're all going to have a three-year, five-year, eight-year look back on this time, and be able to see how what we did during to prepare for the other side of this pandemic is going to really have guided where we are from this point forward, and I feel very good about it for Cleveland.
0: Good. So this is really nothing new. I opined about your destination marketing strategy in the Z News and my blog a few years ago, but just in the past few weeks, a consortium called the Cleveland Talent Alliance has emerged to position Cleveland as the perfect livability destination for today and tomorrow's top talent. It's a seamlessly coordinated system with Destination Cleveland leading the effort. And that is where the difference lies. We see these kinds of efforts all over the country because everybody realizes we are in a, a war for top talent. But rarely is it the DMO that is leading it. Ten years ago, honestly, this wouldn't have happened in Cleveland or, frankly, anywhere else. So share with us the story of how your DMO has evolved into an economic development and a community vitality leader.
1: Well, one, you're you're exactly right that this certainly is not an issue that is unique to Cleveland. And we see interesting things happening in places like Tulsa and Burlington, Vermont and Nebraska and others, I think on more of a programmatic level. And a lot of this really started for us, Bill, probably about four years ago, where we were getting asked very regularly by companies around town and some other nonprofit organizations if we could help them with attracting talent. And the message we were hearing, and this is from companies big and small, like Progressive Insurance and a lot of smaller ones, we were getting calls saying, we love how you position Cleveland. Our industry has grown tremendously over the past, particularly eight or nine years in terms of number of visits, and that's been noticed in the community. And the message we're hearing was, we love how you position Cleveland. We love how you attract people to Cleveland. And can you help us with this? And while we certainly wanted to help, we also realized that what we do, our tools, our capabilities weren't exactly matching what they were looking for. So We started to do a lot of research. We're a very research-based organization. We really do a lot of research on how people make decisions of where to visit, what they think of Cleveland, particularly the perception of Cleveland, is Cleveland in their consideration set? How do we get them into that consideration set? What's the persona we're looking for? On and on. And so we started to do that same thing to say, well, how does that work for people looking to live and work in a place, not just visit? And uh, we hired a a great consultancy out of New York to help us take a look at this, um, not just nationally, but how it worked for Cleveland. And what we found was that a couple interesting facts, I mean, things we knew, but you start to piece them together from a business standpoint, you know, big fact for us was not surprisingly based on, uh, you know, past perceptions of Cleveland, we significantly under-indexed in terms of people who would automatically consider Cleveland as a place to live and work if there was a job that matched their skills. And yet there was also a lot of undecideds, but we saw it was very much a perception issue, a consideration issue. Second piece is we know that our brand works significantly in getting people to think of Cleveland as a place to live and work, not just as a place to visit. And also When people visit Cleveland, their perception is enormously changed from those who've never been there. Oh, yeah. And some of that could be, there may be a low bar to begin with, people who've never been there, you know, from things they they remember their parents saying in the, you know, 70s, 80s, you know, maybe a little bit of the 90s. But when they get here, all that goes away. So we saw that what we do in terms of our industry, if if we are growing the number of people who visit here. By using our brand, using it effectively, and that number had grown eight straight years higher than the national average, that perception and getting people to visit here was key to ultimately getting people to consider Cleveland as a place to live and work. So while it wasn't our issue per se, we knew that what we did for Cleveland and the fact that it was working and how it was working was ultimately key. So we actually, just before COVID, held a couple of workshops. We brought in about 40 or 50 civic organizations, employers, others to think through what would an ecosystem look like to get more people to live and work in Cleveland. And right up front, we said, here is what we can bring to the table as, our, as an organization. And here are things we don't do. We're not an organization that aggregates Job openings. We're not an organization that you know that works with particularly different industries, but a lot of you do. A lot of that work stopped because of COVID, and then about probably about nine months ago, as we were really starting to come out of things, had a, some calls with a new head of our chamber who actually was on. Destination Cleveland's board and executive committee totally understood what we did Mm -hmm. had been at those workshops and some other things he was doing in economic development along with our local business attraction organization. And they said, let's pick this work back up. And we believe this was from them. Destination Cleveland is the fulcrum of this, that what you have been saying that what you bring to the table, the brand that works is what we all should be working from the same messaging. Again, we need to do this in a very coordinated way. And that's what really got these conversations kicked back off, yeah. ultimately leading to the announcement of our Cleveland Town Alliance.
0: This is the thing that I think is so blatantly obvious to those of us on this side of the DMO and community development side, and sadly is not evident to those on the other side in many cases. Is you know, when I go to, you know, the page on the website that is about talent and about trying to convince me to pick up and move to Cleveland because that's going to be where I'm going to find my star. All the stuff that you would typically connect with, how do I convince somebody to come to Cleveland, is already on your website. I mean, the page that is attracting top talent is essentially – Your homepage of the DMO's website. And it's like in so many communities, the economic development team wants to take lead or the chamber wants to take lead. And and they're going to have to recreate all this content that already exists because you're trying to get people to come to town. It's exactly the same content of why you should move to town, right?
1: You're absolutely right. And that's part of when, when we discussed and we hired this firm to look at and help us figure out how and why do people make their decisions, quality of life is absolutely at the top. And even if a job matches, they need to be able to see themselves in that place. I think there's a couple of issues that DMOs overall are starting to face, but we need to do a much better job of one. We are an economic development organization. Economic development isn't some entity. Economic development is an ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And we represent a very important part of that ecosystem. And we tell that story locally. When people say, what do you do? First and foremost, we say we're an economic development organization. We're not a marketing organization. We're not a sales organization. Those are the tools we use. But we have very specific capabilities, the only ones in our communities that do this, that market and sell Cleveland, and this is the same for all DMOs, as a community, and we are very, very good at it. And so one, I think we have to tell our story well. You know, there are times in communities we've seen, and we've had it here in Cleveland, where, you know, sometimes it's a battle over egos or a battle over credit, or you got to get past that stuff. Got to get past that stuff because a big issues like talent attraction and many others in a community are not the purview of any one organization. They're simply not. They take an ecosystem. And even in what we're doing with this Cleveland Talent Alliance, it's not Destination Cleveland's job. We're the coordinating entity. And there are pieces of this, the marketing communication strategies, outlining the customer journey, um, some of the customer interaction at a high level, a toolkit for all kinds of companies, universities, others to use to tell their story of Cleveland, all comes from us. All the rest of it are other people. We don't do the internships. We don't do the college students. We don't interact as part of this with the corporate community. That's our chamber's job and different industry cluster organizations. So nobody can do it all on their own. Mm -hmm. And so I think there has to be the right collaborative mindset in order to get this done. The other important piece, and, and I know it is something that is part of the discussion for today, is we have to understand most economic development entities in a community, they're B2B organizations. It's what they do. It's how they think. It's, it's how they act. And that's critically important. DMOs are largely B2C organizations. I know everything that we do other than meetings, convention sales, and service, which is very important, but our messaging, our brand, everything else is B2C. In fact, we are the only B2C organization in our community from a community sake. And it's a space that we are really good at. We think of the customer journey, even though we've got a fantastic package for conventions, our bread and butter is our leisure travel, as with most destinations around the country. And that is a E to C sell. Our customers are individual consumers. And in talent attraction, you have to think of it in those terms. Mm-hmm. And the other economic development related organizations within our cluster, within our alliance, they are not thinking of it on a B2C scale. And so we are best equipped to be the B2C. We already are the B2C arm for travel and tourism. And we've actually worked on evolving our brand and taken our brand and done research on how it best works for a live work message as well as a visitation message. But that whole notion of the critical nature of understanding we are B2C organizations at our core is very important for us in this talent attraction realm.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's probably the most important part of this whole conversation that I don't think I've ever heard it said like you said it, and you said it in our pre-call that we are B2C and everybody else is B2B. And that's, that's why destination marketing organizations ought to be, if not leading the effort, a primary part of the effort of talent attraction, economic development, and whatever you wanna call it, because we're talking to the people who actually do it. I remember a conversation, gosh, this is probably almost 10 years ago with Maura Gast from the Irving CVB, and they work very hand in glove with their economic development and chamber of commerce in trying to attract new corporations. It's fascinating. She goes, a number of years prior, she said, the first person in from the company would be, you know, the site inspector, the, the guy who's going to put together, you know, the deal and, and, and figure out the, you know, the land and, the, and, and, and all that stuff. And she said, all of a sudden, she goes, recently, she goes, the first person in from the company is from HR. <laughs> they want to make sure that this is a place where their workforce is going to feel welcome. And thrive exact. and it's more important now from HR than it is from the deal that we're seeing this shift. And that means to your point, it's a B to C conversation
1: and add to that during COVID. The incredible rise, which is not going away, of working from home and working remote. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We just we had a conference in town, a tech conference, and they had a job fair, and we actually were really engaged in getting local companies as part of it, and we created a whole Cleveland area and held a session for these 900 tech students and all about Cleveland. And one of them, I was talking to these two young girls from Oregon State. They're getting ready to graduate in cybersecurity. And so, where you know, where are you thinking of going after? And one said you know, I'm planning on working remotely. I think I might go to Australia for a year or two. <laughs> and the other said, I'm thinking what I might do is work three months or so at a time from different places, rent Airbnbs. Oh, yeah. it's like the, It is a different world. It's not, I'm thinking of going to work for XYZ company who's located here. Sure. There's some of that, but to your point, Bill, it used to be that talent followed the jobs. Now the companies and jobs follow the talent. Yeah. And so even more so, This notion of talent attraction is absolutely a B2C issue. And you're right. It used to be companies would look at land availability and financial incentives. And now what they're looking at first and foremost is, is this a place that I can recruit talent?
0: Yeah. And that's who we are. And that's where we are. So the campaigns, honestly, over the past five years or so have been so cool that you guys have done. I remember the uh, the campaign that targeted millennials back in 2017, and you focused on Chicago, Detroit, and Toronto, because those are feeder cities for Cleveland. And then the We Want to Draft You campaign in conjunction with the NFL draft last year was fabulous. So you've been building towards this image-building thing for years. What was the breakthrough moment where the Chamber came to you and said, Destination Cleveland should take point.
1: You know, I I don't know, Bill, if it was a breakthrough moment per se. I think, quite frankly, some of it had to do with some change in leadership. Uh, We had a new head of our chamber that was on our executive committee understood what we did. And oftentimes, DMOs are not particularly understood. Yeah. And understood the effect we were having, the fact that we grew the number of visits for leisure and business travel from under 14 million to 20 million in an eight year period of time, and that it was working and it was effective. And he was an advocate of that prior to his taking his job at the chamber. And when he went over there, he said, look, the chamber is not a B2C marketing organization and we shouldn't be spending our time on it. It's what you do really well and you don't try to do the job of what the chamber does. So let's let's work together. I think you have to be successful. I can't say, you know, we've been very fortunate that we've had some great success. And I just saw this morning a new presentation on our brand evolution. It's I'm just so over the moon excited about what we're doing and the risks we're going to be taking. So I mean, thankfully, we could show what we're doing was working. It wasn't just, hey, this is what we do. So therefore, you ought to be a part of it. I think part of it is that you know, we had people already coming to us unsolicited, asking for our help. That's a powerful message. Yeah. We didn't go out to companies saying, Let us help you do this. They came to us. It was an affirmation that what we were doing seemed to be resonating, seemed to be working. I think also it certainly shows that DI has really been talking about this for the last several years, the importance of our presence. Locally, Mm -hmm. that it is critical to engage the local community to, in part, understand what you do. There is huge value to our relevance as organizations in doing that in leadership and even the general public, not to mention that you can activate locals to help you fulfill your mission. And I think that a combination of all those things, I think there were just, it took a while, but we finally had some breakthroughs and some ahas that it wasn't a moment per se. I think, again, it was a little bit of people coming in the right place at the right time. We now have a new mayor just got elected that was on our executive committee at Destination Cleveland. And so, you know, again, we didn't have to explain to this new mayor, here's who we are and what we do. He immediately came to us and said, I can't wait to work together in my new capacity as mayor. But cultivating those relationships over time critically important.
0: Yeah. And that's the key, right? You were cultivating those relationships and that allowed the stars to align. Stars don't align by themselves. You have to do the work ahead of time. And clearly you've done that. You know, I I wasn't blowing smoke uh, when I said that Cleveland is one of my favorite cities on the globe. It really is. I went to school about equidistant between Columbus and Cleveland at a time where I don't know. I just preferred Cleveland, not to take anything away from Columbus. It's a great city, but Cleveland was kind of my jam. Right. And then Cleveland became ascendant with the flats and and the whole entertainment thing. And then that kind of collapsed a little bit. But you were part of the North Coast Harbor initiative. I mean, Cleveland has had this kind of ebb and flow over the years. And clearly you're on the upswing again. What's behind all that?
1: You know, I think a lot of it, there's such a tremendous amount of pride here. And it's a very deep rooted community and people who are here take the fortunes of the community very seriously. And I think the perception issues uh, and the, you know, the old Johnny Carson jokes back in the seventies and eighties about Cleveland, put a little bit of a chip on our shoulder mm-hmm. and it made us a little bit of the underdog. And quite frankly, we still have a little bit of that underdog mentality and it plays to our advantage. We work harder. I think successes mean more you know, we don't look at a, a big event or a big meeting coming to Cleveland as a piece of business. Mm-hmm. We take it personally. When we get chosen, it means something to us. And I think that there's a coalescence of a lot of that here. And we are very lucky that, you know, we were one of the wealthiest cities in America 100 years ago. You know, John D. Rockefeller was the world's first billionaire here in Cleveland, and he was Bill Gates before Bill Gates. Yeah. So we have all this amazing institutions that were built here a hundred years ago. They're still, you know, the second most highly endowed art museum in the country. A lot of this amazing old cultural stuff, but it's sort of mixed with the grittiness of Cleveland as a, you know, an industrial city. And it gives us this really cool gritty vibe that may not be for everybody, but for those who love it, it is really cool. And I think we have figured out well how to capture that in a brand, how to capture that in presenting to the rest of the world who we really are and that we're a little bit unique and different and everybody's unique and different, but we're, we we are in a very, again, and that we say sort of like world-class experiences without the world-class ego. I mean, it's just a really interesting mix of amazing culture and grit together. And it's created a really cool place that now is growing with all of that as our fertile soil. And so you know, the neighborhoods that are booming right now yeah. have a really unique, interesting flavor to it. We're not Epcot Center. No. You know, we're not Paris. We are our own Paris. Warts and all, Cleveland has some amazing stuff and some tough stuff, and we love all of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, and you'll enjoy this, I'm sure. So when I was in college, Randy Newman came to play and of course he's got the song about the cuyahoga burning yeah the line goes there's a red moon arising <laughs> over the cuyahoga river yep. and the guy who was doing lights had had a red spot on him and as he's playing the first few notes of that song he takes the spot and, and moves it up across the curtains behind him and randy turns and goes nice touch <laughs> i love it I love <laughs> and, and comes back But I mean, you've come a long way since the river burned. And uh, like I said, I, you know, we used to love hanging on the flats. Uh, We love coming downtown. Uh, It's a great city. So let's get to your bonus round question before we uh, close up here. You've got an interesting story that at a very seminal point in your life, you thought, is it sports or is it Cleveland? Yeah. So tell us that story of how it ended up being Cleveland. Well,
1: I guess one thing to note, so in addition to Destination Cleveland, I also run the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission, and we restarted that back about 21, 22 years ago, and as a a new startup nonprofit, and then about 11 years ago, I was asked to also run Destination Cleveland. Separate organizations, separate boards, separate staff, separate funding, I run both. So getting into sort of selling Cleveland using sports is where I really got my start in that. And after college, I worked for a year for my college fraternity, traveled the country, but I knew I wanted to get back to Cleveland. And by a year and a half into my first job, back here, I was working for this North Coast Harbor organization you mentioned, the organization that oversaw our downtown lakefront development. And I still had this thought that I wanted to work in sports. And for some reason, college bowl games were a thing to me that just stuck out. You know, they were more than just competitions. They had parades and year-round events. And I thought that just seemed really cool. And so I lined up, you know, this was before the internet. This was uh, early 90s. I lined up informational interviews, took a lot of letters and phone calls. And once I got one to say yes, I would call and say, hey, I'm already coming out to visit the Freedom Bowl, do you mind if I come to see you? And ultimately, the directors of all five college bowl games in California agreed to see me. And I had frequent flyer miles from my past job, flew out there, stayed with a buddy of mine. And in three days, I had five informational interviews.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: It was the Rose Bowl, the Freedom Bowl, the Independence Bowl, the Fresno Raisin Bowl back then. Um, There were a lot less bowls and they weren't the you know, the crazy names, the everything.com boys. <laughs> Yeah. Long story short is I got a job offer when I was out there from the Rose Bowl. Cool. They had a, a job opening for a PR assistant. It was making $12,000 a year. <laughs> Half of what I was making in my first job back here. You know, again, this was now 30 years ago. Yeah. And the guy said to me, you're probably overqualified, but we have this job open and you're, we'd love to have you take it. And as I, you know, I researched and explored a little more, what I realized was that part of that career would be a lot of just moving around the country. And if I wanted a career in that type of sports and whether it's ultimately professional sports, collegiate sports or things like bowl games, and I just made a choice at that point, I thought, you know what, I'd rather build a career around growing Cleveland and loving my city than a career in another love of mine, which was sports and chasing it all around the country. Ultimately, the interesting thing is 10 years later, I ended up through a sort of, you know, securitist route, starting a new version of a sports commission in Cleveland. And and it's kind of led to everything I've done since then. And, and at the time, back 10 years before that, never knew sports commissions existed. Yeah. In most cases, they didn't. Right. But it's just interesting how you make interesting decisions. And here I ended up saying, hey, I'm going to do Cleveland instead of sports, and I end up being able to do both. Mm -hmm. But it's also sometimes the best decisions in life are the things you choose not to do and not necessarily what you choose to do.
0: Yeah, great story. David, thank you for your leadership in our sector. Honestly, your B2C concept, uh, which I've never heard articulated in your way, is amazingly powerful. You've quietly painted a path, I think, forward that will be a North Star for all of us. So thank you again for all you do.
1: Well, Bill, thank you for having me. I I love this industry and uh, I think we all have a lot of uh, exciting things ahead.
0: We do. That's it for this edition of DMOU. Tell your friends and peers, this is where the best and the brightest come to share their stories. It's DMOU.com. Thanks again to our sponsor, our friends at Destinations International, where registration for this year's annual convention is now open. Join us in Toronto for an amazing week of learning, networking and camaraderie. It's July 19th through the 21st. Go to DestinationsInternational.org to learn more and reserve your spot. DMOPros.com is where you're going to find links to our services for the DMO sector, links to the Z News, position papers on board diversity and a new model for destination development, and the biggest DMO job board on the planet, plus access to past episodes of DMOU. That's DMOPros with a Z.com. Executive producer of DMOU is Terry White, and this is a production of DMOPros. I'm your host, Bill Geist. Until next time.